mine now. You belong to me. Today we're going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Peaks podcast. My name is Dan. I'm doing the song. <laughs> My name is Nicole. I should not sing because I sing terribly. But yet you're continuing to sing anyway. Oh, God. Should we do the whole podcast in song? No, let's fucking not do that. <laughs> I think you're right. I think everyone's turned <laughs> off already. I'm using that as, as the start. I don't give a shit. I know it's, you it's, are. It's too hot. It's too hot. I'm just, we're using it and that's it. So this is, a, this is a movie podcast. This week, our theme is Tilda Swinton. We're talking about, we need to talk about Kevin and Only Lovers Left Alive. After that, we'll pick our films and theme for the next episode. Final part of the show is Stitch Up. We both pick a film for each other, a terrible film, a horrible film that we don't want to watch. Goes to a poll. You lost last time. And you had to watch mm-hmm. the, brain, the Brain Dead. Dead Alive, Brain Dead. And then that's it. And uh, before that, we sort of talk a little bit about whatever we want, really. Uh, I mean, what's on your your agenda for this week? Have you got any any items you want to c- urgently cross off your list before we get started? I've had a few uh, Skype dates this week. Skype? And when I mean Skype dates... You kept that quiet? I, <laughs> no, no, I mean with my mates, not, not actual dates. Oh, mates dates. Mate states. We finished our logo finally. Yeah, yeah. You 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 sorted proper sorted us out there, mate. They look they look well good. We, we you sent me over a load of different choices, Colour didn't options. you? I was like, Don't yeah. say I got. Can't make my mind up at the best of times. But yeah, no, they look good. We've we've gone for one, haven't we? Yeah, I um, it shouldn't have taken. It took me all weekend to do it, mind you. Like I wasn't doing it solidly, but. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Nicole, get this, get this shit done. But yep, good. We've got our logo, so that will be shown next week. Well, I was just about to say, actually, with the magic of podcasting and all this time travel nonsense where we record and then the episode don't come out for a few days and you've got to think about what's going to be happening to you in that period between <laughs> recording and releasing the episode and what new mm. events and are going to affect, what, you know what I'm saying. Um, but basically, I think, yeah, if you're listening to this, they probably already know that there's a new logo because the chances are that we used the logo for this episode. Mm, very true. Go. So it, there you go. We, we've got a new logo. That's about it for me, mate. So uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the guys over at Movie Drone, Steve and Mark, they asked if I wanted to come on a show, on their show. Oh, yeah. And I was, um, oh, obviously, yes, I'd love to. Um, really happy that they asked. So I have to choose a film. And I've chosen American Psycho. And as you said, with the whole time traveling thing, this episode will be out after theirs. So the, that episode will already be be out for you to listen to. So yeah, Movie Drone podcast, American Psycho episode. That's me. I'm on that. Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm I actually watched that. You did? I actually watched that uh, this morning. Fuck me, it's good. Isn't it? First time watch? First time watch. Oh, so yeah. jealous. I've been, been meaning to watch this film. I do like a film that, you know, by, at the end of it, you're like, what? what? Yeah. It, it, it plays with your mind. And I actually had to, went onto YouTube and I was like figuring out exactly, it's like, was this all in his head or, you know, what, what was the director's view on it? But yeah, it was great. I, I might even watch it again tonight. Such a such a like a creative nerdy thing on my end. 
you know, with the business cards. Yeah. I like totally yeah. nerded out on on that bit. It's like it's like ooh typography and paper and stuff. <laughs> That's a that is a good That's... scene actually. We're all stressing out about their business cards. What else have you been doing? Oh, what a well. I mean, am I going to start moaning now? Uh, should I get my moaning out of the way early? Shall I? Yeah. You know when you have one of those days, you just have one of those days, and, and shit just goes wrong immediately as soon as you wake up you know you can't find your keys you drop your phone and like maybe once or twice a year i get one of those days and saturday was was definitely one of those so <laughs> it's only a minor thing but i sort of i woke up saturday and i thought i was start doing some some editing on the on the episode so i was looking for my mouse and because i the day before i'd changed my living room and my bedroom around and i've completely changed my flat around so whenever i tidy up i always lose shit so I couldn't find my mouse for about an hour, which sounds minor, but just, you know, that's just a start. <laughs> um, and then I, I found it anyway, after an hour of looking, found my mouse. Hey, made myself a nice little protein shake and sort of sat down to drink my breakfast and, and edit the episode. Um, I'd already got halfway through the editing a couple of days prior. So I was just looking forward to okay. finishing it off, you know. Uh, I'd spring cleaned my flat, I think I said, um, the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realise I'd spring cleaned my desktop as well and deleted the editing for <gasps> the episode. Oh no! So I had to start that again. <laughs> so that that cost me a, a good three or four hours, I think. Anyway, so I'm carrying on my editing, and then a couple of hours later, wall cupboards, kitchen. I've mm-hmm. opened a kitchen wall cupboard. Right. Um, I've bent over to get something out of the fridge. Stood up too quickly bumped my head on oh, the corner of the kitchen no. <laughs> kitchen unit. Well, luckily, I was near the freezer, so I had access immediately to a pack of frozen peas to put on my head. So I, I, I think I managed to avoid a bump, but I was a little bit worried there for a minute. It was quite hard. Oh, dude. And then, and then for, for some unknown reason, maybe to do with heat, who knows? I don't know if I mentioned it. It's fucking hot here. In, 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 yeah, I know. I, out of nowhere, got a fucking fever. And I just laid there for about six hours. And then six hours later, I was pretty much fine. I was just knackered because I'd been fevering. But it's weird. It just came and went, mate. I'm glad it went pretty quickly. Um, And and then I smashed a glass. I opened the cupboard, the very same cupboard that I bumped my head on, actually. Maybe my my cupboard's haunted or something. Maybe it wants revenge Mm. on me for some past thing that I've done to it. Maybe I haven't cleaned it enough. I don't know. I definitely feel like something's got a vendetta against me this week. But I'm hoping that all the shit things happened in one day. Um and just it's, it's all gone now. I can have a nice wholesome week without worrying too much about breaking into a a, a violent sweat. <laughs> uh I'll be charging you uh two hundred pounds for that therapy session, mate. You're more expensive than my actual <laughs> therapist. <laughs> I honestly don't know how much how much there. Well, two, I'm thinking I'm probably thinking Aussie dollars. Everything's expensive in Australia, don't it? Except for Tim Tams. No, yeah, Tim Tams are fucking cheap here compared to the UK. Pay seven it. quid, seven quid for Tim Tams. I play. I pay it gladly. If when I come back, man, I'll try and fill up my suitcase with it. <laughs> Anything to declare? Yes, ten thousand Tim Tams. <laughs> $10,000 worth of Tim Tams in my luggage. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, what's the, the cash limit? Is it 10000 that you're allowed to take? Yeah, I think it's 10000 10, 10, Aussie dollars. 
I wonder if you can yeah, take the equivalent cash value of Tim Tams and just use Tim Tams as your currency. I'd so I'd I'd bottle with you with Tim Tams. To to be honest, I would probably only need to bring bring like a couple of blocks of them, a couple of packets, and that's your ten grand right there. What in in the UK value? Yeah. Sell a packet for a grand each. Yeah, done, sorted. A grand? All right, you're you're pushing it now, <laughs> aren't you? A grand. <laughs> and what flavour are they? Are they the, the shitty what like? The, the, the other flavours that they try to branch off. No, no, stick to the original. Stick to what you're good at. What, uh, the double fish and choc. chips? Oh, double, double choc is the best. Are you into caramel? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a huge caramel guy. If we, if, I mean, if we're doing confectionery reviews, I'm not a huge caramel person. <laughs> but I'll have a bit of caramel with some caramel going. I won't turn it down, mate. I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not that reserved. What? <laughs> we're talking too much about Jim Downs. I mean, you can't, there's no such thing as too much Tim Tams, mate. Let's be honest. Yeah. Tim Tams are the official podcast snack. I think we decided this a very long time ago. Yes. Tim Tams and Aussie. Oh, you know what? When I come back as well, I will bring some Aussie crisps, as you like to call chips. them. Chips. <laughs> yeah. Potato chips. Potato, potato we've got, slices. We've got, some good, we've got some good brands here. Yeah, Bread Rock I mean, Deli. Is Smiths no Smiths are worldwide, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, I think they yeah. do squares, or maybe Walkers do squares now. I don't know. I can't keep up yeah. with the crisp world, mate. It changes every day. <laughs> I remember I brought in a, a packet of Twisties. I was like, "Oh, dude, I've got these packet of Twisties," and they were so stale because I've had them for a while. You know, stale crisps but are the worst thing. Aren't I they? I will I will get you proper Twisties next time. Yeah. Promise. Uh, listen, what. Have you been watching any interesting television programs lately? Knowing full well oh that you my. have. <laughs> Do you want me to mention that TV I mean, show? Well, kinda. I mean, you sent me you sent me the fucking post on it on Instagram, didn't you? So you might as well bring it up. It's already in my brain now that image. So on on Monday, <laughs> apparently this show started last year, and I was in the UK, so I clearly never watched it. I'm amazed it's been running for that long. Fuck me! It's called The Mask Singer. <laughs> There's famous people singing and obviously they're, they're in a costume. So it could be like a massive cat or they did <laughs> the, last night they had Ned Kelly. I watched it on, yeah, I watched it on Monday and then it was on Tuesday as well. I was like, oh, why not? Let's, you just can't stay away from let's it, mate. Watch, yeah. Let's watch this shitty show. They've it's so you, bizarre. Even, even the bloody judges are like, oh, who could this be? Oh, my God. It's all right. It's like easy, something to put in the background if you want. Added it to my watch list, mate. <laughs> Might be open a whole new universe for me. You never know. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Don't know if I've still got that gorilla costume, but you know. So we move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to other shit that I've been other watching. Shit. Wow, other Lord. shit. No, I've been watching some good stuff actually. Uh, Hearts and Bones. That was quite good. Uh, Aussie film uh, based on a I don't I don't think it's a true story but it's a war photographer and he comes back to Sydney and he's going to uh, be in this exhibition with other photographers yeah and he befriends a Sud- Sudanese refugee that apparently has photographed in his uh, his hometown and kind of doesn't want him to. Uh, show images from his h- hometown because the the photographs that he does are quite graph can be quite graphic in a way. 
like showing a lot of war and all that type of stuff. Anyway, I won't go into too much details. Maybe it would be something that you may want to watch, so I don't want to spoil it too much for you. Okay. I've written it down. It sounds like it's a, a sit down. Yeah. Sit yeah, down watch. 100%. Okay. Uh, you talked about The Host last week, and I watched that as well. Oh, yeah. Ghosty camera laptop video. It's like par- paranormal activity. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I watched Lovely Bones again. That's quite Lovely good. Bones. Oh, you were on a Peter Jackson. I didn't realise it was Peter Jackson. Funnily enough, um, The Lovely Bones, quick fact, love, another director that we talk about a, a lot about, Lynn Ramsey. She worked on The Lovely Bones for many, many years. And it was her baby. Wow. And she was trying to get it made. But um, I think she had, I don't know, details, but it was some kind of disagreement somewhere along the lines about where they were pushing this um, this thing creatively and she she removed herself so uh yeah peter peter tax i just thought it was funny that it was another it's another lim lim ramsey thing she keeps she keeps popping up you've seen it a couple of times any of you yeah i'm pretty sure i watched it in the cinema the first time i saw uh ronan oh she's in that yeah yeah she's the she's the main she's the main girl so it was like probably one of her first early roles yeah i would say i got binge uh, it's a streaming service here in Oz because it said American Psycho was on it and it wasn't. Disappointing. Nice. But um, it's got this uh, interesting feature. You know how when you go through Netflix and you're scrolling through and you're like, oh, what am I going to watch? When you scroll right to the end of Binge, it goes, surprise me. I was like, okay. oh, yeah, this is a good concept. So you yeah. press, I pressed it. And the first movie that came on was The Score, which I've never seen before. Ed Norton, Marlon Brando. Yeah, that's about it. I've watched heaps of short films this yeah. week because Mark and Steve, uh, they told they said uh, which short films they liked, and I watched about half of the ones that they mentioned. Yeah. Um, Whiplash. I I didn't even know they did a short, and I've never seen the film, so watching that short, I really want to see the full length. Um, Ro- Bottle Rocket was another short that the boys chose this week. Six Shooter, which was okay. one of their choices as well. That was good. And then Electronic Labyrinth, not something I would watch usually. Uh, George Lucas. Oh, this THX <laughs> thing, is it? Yeah. And that is about it for me. What have you been watching? I watched Logan, which is the last Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie, which is just mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. I, I love it. I watched Mad Max Fury Road again. <laughs> I saw that. You're obsessed. I love it. I can't stop watching it. Uh, I think it's my third time this year. But um, I did, it's, it's, it's very quickly becoming my just don't know what to watch or Saturday night, put it on, um, go and do something, do whatever, have it on in the background. But I never go and do the, the other stuff that I'm meant to be doing. I always sit down and watch it. Then I watched Return of the Living Dead Free, which is a, a mm. film that I saw when I was a, a young child. Um, remember it quite clearly walking into into the living room where my parents were uh, and then there was a scientist who having his hand chewed off by a zombie and I was like oh what's this parents <laughs> and um, tell me more yeah I couldn't stop thinking about it I, it's, it proper scarred me that, that scene but it's that, I, I actually still enjoy watching that film it's, a, it's quite it's quite a, quite a lot of fun it's really fucking graphic shall we move on well we need to talk about Tilda don't we 
Yeah, we do. This is obviously our Tilda Swinton episode, and, and we're going to be talking about, we need to talk about Kevin and Only Lovers Left Alive. We started a new tradition now, haven't we, where we do a bit of research into, uh, into our chosen topics, which I'm sort yes. of starting to regret now because it's just more work to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there'll be, I, have, I have to say, there'll be some weeks that movies that we choose, yeah. I don't know if we could talk about the topic anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, we do it or we don't do it. We'll figure but, it out. Now, I've got a couple yeah. of... I haven't got anything major. I'm not going to give you any fucking major things that no one knows. So just a, a little bit of background on, on Tilda Swinton. She was born Catherine Matilda Swinton, 5th of November, 1916. Hmm. She went to like a elite boarding school um, over here. Uh, and she actually went to school with Princess Diana. Her first film was Caravaggio. 1986 and I was watching a few interviews with Mark Commode and uh, and others and just some general Q&As with, with, with Tilda Swinton but um, it's amazing how like involved she gets with a project so on that particular one uh, Caravaggio it's been her first film with Derek Jarman and she'd sort of developed good working relationship with Jarman as she's done with like many other many other directors but on this particular yeah. one they, they did a lot of filming apparently in Canary Wharf and there was a lot of building work going on and there was a lot of, you know, uh, pneumatic drills and hammers and stuff. And the sound was fucked. So they got to, they, they, you know, they were checking the rushes and the sound was absolutely fucked. So what they ended up doing was flying to Italy. It was Tilda, the director and, and the sound person. They all flew off to Italy and just basically redid all of the sound for the film and collected background noise with, you know, vespers and crowds, wow. crowd noises and that sort of thing. So... Uh, necessity being the mother of invention and all that but it was just fascinating that, um it was fascinating to me how much she got involved with the whole thing there and it seems like that's just the way that she likes to work she's she's had a few sort of collaborations with you know well-known directors over the years i mean celebrated directors you mentioned Derek jarman already but there's luca guadagnino who did obviously Suspiria and Call Me By Your Name. Uh, Lynn Ramsey, she's got a good relationship with Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. Bong Joon-ho, uh, Joanne Hogg, and um, she's done a few Wes Andersons as well. So, yeah, uh, she won Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars, or technically it's, the title is Best Supporting Actress, in it? Um, in 2008 for mm. Martin Clayton. She did a bit of a David Blaine once, mate. She, um, she locked herself in a, a glass case uh, in 1995. She spent okay. seven seven days, eight hours a day in a in a glass box, and she just laid there. What? She just just laid there quietly, uh, in a serpentine gallery. I've got written down here. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. So, and then, <laughs> this particular this particular piece was called um, the Maybe, apparently, and it was described as enigmatic and evocative work exploring a series of unanswerable questions from within the confines of a glass case. How big was this case? I mean, uh, I guess roughly the size of a Tilda Swinton. Fuck How me. big is the world's, what size is a Tilda Swinton? I don't know. Who knows? Human size, probably. But um, <laughs> yeah, she she locked she locked, locked herself in a case for seven days. Oh, well, that was quite interesting. I mean, it was... yeah, I would go stir crazy. I would probably die of like claustrophobia doing that. Well, you just sleep in there, didn't you? what i do yeah. oh yeah just do it do it when you're about <laughs> yeah. to go to sleep yeah, exactly i'll just stay up all night and then just sleep in the box and then just be me snoring away in a glass case there oh look at this oh <sighs> yeah um listen that's all my tilda stuff mate i told you i ain't got much just got a couple of bit of 
a few basic things and then that's really it really so should we move on to we need to talk about kevin let's talk about kevin let's do it we need to talk about kevin directed by lynn ramsey 2011 113 minutes long the tagline on letterboxd is mummy's little monster and the synopsis mm-hmm. reads after her son kevin commits a horrific act Troubled mother, Eva, reflects on her complicated relationship with her disturbed son as he grew from a toddler into a teenager. The budget was seven million. The worldwide box office was 9.2 million. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not one of those, it's not a commercial film, is it? It's just, a, I couldn't imagine going to, you know, gather up the family on a Saturday night and let's all go to pictures and watch We Need to Talk About Kevin. That would oh, yeah, up. totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that sort of film, is it? No. The cast, Tilda Swinton as Eva, Ezra Miller as Kevin, John C. Riley as Franklin, Jasper Newell as young Kevin, sort of six to eight years old Kevin, because there was a few versions mm-hmm. of Kevin in this. Uh, and Rock Dewar. Rock would be a great name, wouldn't it? Just for, if you could just use it for a day. What's your name, Rock? Anyway. Oh, from now on, I shall call you Rock. <laughs> from this point forward, I should be known as Rock. Oh no, it's already taken, <laughs> isn't it? I forgot it's taken. By, um, what do you mean? Dwayne Johnson. Uh, I yeah, could just take the, the, the. If I remove the the, I can just be rock. Rock. You imagine people, anyway, what are we talking about? So <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin. It's based on a 2003 novel of the same name by Lionel Shriver. Uh, apparently it's a pretty faithful adaptation um, with a few differences um i don't know what all the different i don't know what any of the differences are to be fair I have, i've not read the book i read mm-hmm. a little bit about about what the book is and from what i could tell it's very similar with just like a kind of one i guess you say key difference but it doesn't it sounds like they dealt with it very well in the film so it's about kevin it was about eva really i'd say eva's the main the main character of this film um, but it is revolved around Kevin, and Kevin is is Eva's son. And, and in a nutshell, he's well, he's he's mis, bit misanthropic. He's um, he's intelligent, but he's very nihilistic, and he's a little fucking shit from the minute he's born. Yeah. He's crying. He's he's acting up. He's just he just wants constant attention. And I guess I guess Eva and Franklin. I mean, they're not. World's greatest parents, are they? Franklin, especially. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that I think both of them in their own way. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect, obviously. Yeah. But and this is not real life, but I guess it's it's kind of exploring the actions of parents and how that affects the kids, right? But also ask the question: if you just have a kid and it's fucking evil, can you ever can you do anything about that? Is it just is it nat- it's nature versus nurture to a c- certain degree? You know, people just like that yeah. sometimes, and it's probably I think like with everything, it's a bit bit grey. It's a bit it's a bit of everything. It's really if we're going to talk about this film, we should just say that it's straight up that he sort of does some murders, right? Yeah, he he massacre. He there's a school massacre, and he's the one that uh, starts it or starts it. He's the one that does it. Yeah. I forgot just how relentlessly dark it is because it, it sort of tells there's no part of it that's nice really. There's no you don't get any part that where it's like a nice pleasant section of the film because it starts off with it's set in the, in present in Eva's present and as mm-hmm. things happen to her or she sees things 
she's kind of reminded of things that are linked to what she's seen, things that she's have, had, have happened to her in the past, and that's kind of how the story is told. It's so it's it's not it's not told in like a linear a linear way. No, it goes back and forth constantly, which might annoy people watching this film. Surprisingly, it didn't bother me too much. I have to say. I don't know about you. I think because they had that through line of current Eva um, mm-hmm. and it sort of always went back to that. I sort of knew where I was. And the more I got into the film, obviously, the more I realised where they were, what part of the story they were telling. But I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was actually done really well, um, the way they structured it. Uh, like cinematically and the sound design were really good. They had the uh, Jimmy... Greenwood, did I? Johnny. Is that right? Johnny, Johnny. Johnny Greenwood. Johnny. Johnny Big. Johnny Big Good. Johnny Big Good. Don't get me started on singing, please. <laughs> you know that's not the right thing to do. Uh, Johnny Greenwood. He did the sound. He was on the sound design as well as you were never really here. Yeah. That was. They were really good scenes that I that stood out for me when. Eva visits Kevin. I think it's the first time you kind of see when she goes see, yeah, when she goes to visit him in prison. Yeah. With the Jaylees. And he's like, Jaylees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. And he's, um, Inside joke. And, <laughs> and he's pulling out the fingernails and he's popping it on the table and you're like, oh, that's a bit gross. And then next mm-hmm. minute she's at the supermarket and the checkout Check out chick, is that check what you say? Check out that's, chick. Yeah, that's the official job title, I believe. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be I'm going to be applying for that job in about half an hour. <laughs> um, she opens her eggs up, and it's just like completely scrambled. Another egg joke. Um, and then <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then next minute, you see that's kind of a similarity of a of the previous scene of her pulling out the eggshells and placing them on the table. Yeah. Just something I quite liked. Also the the scene of Kevin throwing food at the fridge. Yeah. And then also it cuts back to Halloween and people knocking on her on her door. Yeah. From the window and being all yeah. creepy and all that. I don't know. It's just something that stuck out for me. There was a lot of kind of food references in this, wasn't there? The one that, what mm. stuck out to me was the red. So at the start of the film, it looks like Tilda's. Uh, I, I mean, I, my very first thought was blood, but it was. Uh, it's. It looked like it was that tomato festival. Where's that tomato festival that everyone keeps talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, in Valencia, in yeah. Spain. I assume it's that one. It's probably the most famous tomato festival. I couldn't think of anything fucking worse than throwing <laughs> tomatoes at each other. I've, I've been to that festival. I've done it once. I mean, it seems like fun. If, if, if they were using anything else, if they were using, I don't know, capsicums, then I'd be well up for it. <laughs> but not fucking tomatoes. <laughs> peppers. Peppers. Yeah, some peppers, peppers if you're British. <laughs> <laughs> So well, what was I saying? So there, there seemed to be a lot of red-based food in this. So obviously there was a tomato festival at the front where it looks, I mean, she's being carried and looks like she's being celebrated and 
being treated like some sort of deity, but she's uh, she's loving it. I, th- I guess the point of that opening scene was to show how happy she was when she was just carefree mm-hmm. and just just mooching about. I don't think there was anything more to it than that. But it was interesting to see all the red. So the, the tomato soup came up again when you were talking about in the um, supermarket where she saw that woman mm-hmm. whose uh, child had been horrifically uh, yes. murdered by Kevin. When yes. she was hiding, there was a, a row, several rows of tomato soup with all, all of the labels facing forward perfectly so clearly you're meant to notice it and it's, it has some sort of meaning so how, how it should be placed in a supermarket as well well yeah i suppose so i suppose so if you're doing your job properly you, you turn all the labels forward right <laughs> but anyway yeah i found it interesting that, that they seem to emphasize that tomato soup it definitely was a, a, a presence there that you were meant to notice maybe it was kind of because she was facing away from the tomato soup i i, I took that as her happiness is behind her um, she's got nothing left to look forward to because she was standing in front of it. She couldn't see the tomato soup. Maybe I'm looking far too much into this, but from what, what I've learned about Tilda and the way she likes to work, it seems like she's one of these people where as anyone with like a, a good creative artistic vision, right? Everything matters in a scene. So all the background, the yeah. way the camera's positioned and the costumes and stuff. So I don't, and that tomato soup did come up a couple of times, but yeah, I don't think that that helped at all. Cause he, he didn't, he didn't believe either at all, did he? He just sort of said, "Well, oh, no, Kevin's no. his sweet child. My sweet child would never There's horrifically murder with me with an arrow." With you. Yeah, exactly. And I guess in that scenario, what are you going to do? What what could she possibly have done differently? Um, but I think they all, they all had their part to play. I think the only truly innocent person in this film was the little girl. Mm. But obviously, that at the very end, um, because Eva finds out that that Kevin had been on a murder spree with the arrows and the, yeah. the school, he'd locked himself in the school. And I found it very interesting that when he came out of the school and he, the police put him on the ground to arrest him, I found it very interesting that the set, the sound that they chose to use when he came out was cheering. Mm, yeah. I wasn't sure if I heard it correctly. I thought oh, it sounds like cheering, but then a few scenes later you see him walk. It's actually the last scene, I think, isn't it? You see him walk into the, uh, into the gym gymnasium. And he's got the bow and arrow and he's sort of bowing to an imaginary mm-hmm. crowd and you can hear yeah, this cheering. Right. So is, I mean, he's, he wants an audience and apparently, apparently um, I'm going to paraphrase this, but in the book there's a line and it's something along the lines of um, Eva says, you know, why, why didn't you kill me or why did you leave me alive? And Kevin says something like, um, if you're putting on a show, you don't kill your audience. And they left. They purposely left that line out left. of the film yeah. because they they wanted it to be a bit more ambiguous. They they wanted you to think about it a bit more and not really give you an answer. And I, I do enjoy that in a film. But bloody hell, is it? Uh, it's fucking dark. It's dark. I mean, it's. I remember it when I first watched it. It stuck with me for a long time, and I couldn't. That image, I couldn't shake some of those images from that film. This time, it didn't affect me so much because I knew what was coming. But mm-hmm. I did have to have a five-minute break halfway through. I just paused it and I went and <laughs> sent a few text messages and stuff. I was just like, oh, I need, I need a breather. I need a breather. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, good film, though. I, I think it's, it's a good film. It's it is a good film. It's an incredible film that I don't think that I will ever watch again. What was your, what was your thoughts on, on, this, on this film as a whole? rating wise or yeah. just in I mean, go for a rating if you want mate what have you got one in mind rating. i'm gonna say 8.5 
Okay. It is. It's really well done, and like what I what I like about a film, what I uh, want in a film is great cinematography. Uh, great if cinematography and sound are bad, then you've you've lost me. And storyline, obviously. Yeah, I I thought this was really well done. And Lim Ramsey, she's as we said many times before, she's fantastic. I think I'll I'll give this an eight. I think this film because. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I, I'm yeah. twice now. I've seen it twice. I think I'm good with, we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's move on to only lovers left alive. Second Tilda film we watched. It was directed by Jim Jarmusch came out in 2013 and it's 123 minutes long. The letterbox synopsis is a depressed musician reunites with his lover in the desolate streets of Detroit. Though their romance has endured several centuries, it is tested by the arrival of her capricious and unpredictable younger sister. Um, and she was a bit of a twat as well, wasn't she? Anyway, <laughs> what is it with these people today? Bloody twats everywhere. Bloody kids, youth today. Um, canty, canty kids. All right, mate, steady on. <laughs> the language of the gutter. So the only lovers left alive. The budget was seven million on this, and the worldwide box office was seven point six million. So it lost it, lost money when you consider marketing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cast: Tilda Swinton as Eve, Tom Hiddleston as Adam, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anton Yelchin as Ian, uh, Mia Wasikowska as Ava, Jeffrey Wright as Doctor Watson, and John Hurt as Christopher Marlowe. What a superb cast. I, I'm, I'm looking at that, 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 those six people, with the exception of, of Mia Wasikowska, who I'm not familiar with. Everyone else is like proper act. They're all proper actors. Yeah. Decent, decent, decent cast. The start of the film is, is we, we, we meet Adam and we see his character and he's locked, locked himself away. He doesn't have a toilet for some reason. I guess vampires don't need to go pee pee or poo poo. Because <laughs> uh, Ian. Ian comes round because they just drink blood, I guess. They just sort of replenished yeah. with that. Ian comes round, and Ian's played by Anton Yelchin, and it's always it's always a pleasure to see Anton Yelchin. He's a great, great actor. Or mm-hmm. Was a great actor. He's very depressed. He's, he asks Adam to he asks Ian to get him a wooden bullet, which is obviously to to shoot himself in the heart with potentially. And he's very depressed. But we'd learn that he's actually married to Tilda Swinton's character, who is called yeah. Eve. Eve. We meet Eve, and Eve is living in Tangier with uh, John Hurt's character, Marlowe, and Eve is dressed in white. Yeah, it's an important piece of information. Eve is always dressed in white, and Adam is always dressed in black. So it's quite a, an obvious metaphor for Eve's kind of attitudes and Adam's attitudes, Adam being... Yin and yang. The dark, miserable fucker. Yin and yang, yeah, exactly. Exactly right, mate. When, uh, so when Tilda sort of... When Eve learns how depressed Adam is, is becoming. She gets a little bit worried, doesn't she? And she decides to pack up all of her books and, and jump on a plane. And there was about a five-minute sequence of her sort of choosing all her books. I don't think I've ever really thought about vampires travelling on planes before. I've seen it once before mm. in Preacher. There was a, a scene where the vampires were travelling by air travel. But uh, it could be problematic. Yeah, because I can't... Yeah, you can't travel during the day. No. So what are you crossing well, no. time zones? You, you sit, Barry, Barry's got the window seat and he decides to open the window. <laughs> You're it. fucked. It's a fire hazard, isn't it? <laughs> but that's not in the uh, health and safety file. 
No. What to do in vampire exploding situation? <laughs> I'll ask them next time. <laughs> but they they loved travelling by air. They did it loads. I was kept, kept thinking, oh, they must have loads of air miles, loads of bonus points. Go and stay in a travel lodge mm. for free one night or whatever. <laughs> anyway, for the first hour, I, I made so many notes and I kept pausing and rewinding, trying to make notes of all of the cultural and literary references that they made, obvious ones being Dr. Faust, Dr. Watson, Dr. Strangelove. Don Quixote um, was a book that was shown. Infinite Jest. These are my notes that I've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorenzo Ghiberti. Um, Gibson guitars, William Shakespeare's Sonnet 116. Although I do think that they had a little bit more relevance than, than everything else. Um, and Jack White, randomly, Jack White was was mentioned. They went to see Jack White's house because apparently Jack White's from Detroit and that's where Adam was staying, which was interesting as uh, well. That they, yeah. they, they chose Detroit because it was set in that post-car industry breakdown, wasn't it? Excuse the pun. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the industry had left Detroit and, and the city was run down and, and empty and, and desolate. And I guess that's why Adam sort of wanted to be there. But yeah, so I was making, fiercely making notes, trying to figure out what all these things meant. What, did, what relevance did they have to the narrative? And I think what it was, was not one particular thing, but rather culture as a whole. I don't know, what did you think? I just know that the director, he... He's just got a lot of knowledge base on art history and poetry and just culture in general. Yeah. And I remember I, I saw an interview with Tom and um, he was saying that, you know, when he met with the director, he go, he's like, oh, I want to describe this movie that I've got in my head. And he's like, oh, yeah. So, so it's, a, you know, it's a love, it's about love between a couple who love each other so deeply that they respect each other for who they are. And they're quite both uh, creative and poetic. Yeah. And he's quite dark and she is quite optimistic. Yeah. You know, the yin and yang that we were talking about before. Yeah. And by the way, that they're vampires. And Tom, when Tom heard this story, he's like, I'm 100% in mm. for this film. Um, but, yeah. Apparently, the director, he's got a lot of knowledge with poetry, literature, and he's referenced, I've also got some references in here, like the when they booked the tickets back to, uh, to, is it Africa? Tangier. Tangier. Is that in, where is that? I don't know. Let's just say Tangier and pretend we, we know where it is. So when... When they booked the the tickets back, the names on the passports were Daisy Buchan, 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 and Stephen the Dallas, which are characters from F. Scott Fitzgerald books okay. from The Great Gatsby. Oh, from The Gatsby uh, book. Yeah, he referenced Loki uh, in this hey. film as well because obviously Tom. Because Thor. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. There were a lot of of references. And like I said, I was wondering what they all meant. But to me, it was just culture in general. Just, Um, I guess, like, director putting all of his knowledge into a film. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so... uh, The the reason why I thought this was commenting on... Well, I'll tell you what, my... I'm sort of going to give you my final thoughts on the film and then just sort of jump back and tell you why. 
is that mm-hmm. I, I thought for me this film was pretty good it was incredibly well made i loved the sound i loved how it looked i thought tilda tilda and tom fuck me they possibly the coolest ever on-screen couple i've ever seen i'm trying mm. to just think of someone else who like another couple on-screen couple i can't i think they were fucking brilliant uh tilda and tom show that's what we need but there were so many references in it that i just didn't know what was going on i f- felt there was too much in this film i thought there was too much too many references maybe this was the intention i don't know but it kept sending me off on a tangent on like for instance when they um there was a a part in it where tilda was reading uh, sonic 116 i think that was on the airplane and Mm -hmm. so i I didn't pause it but afterwards i went and read sonic 116 and then i and because it's poetry and i don't understand poetry then i had to read something else about what that sonic 116 means so (laughs) but it sent me down a rabbit hole and i did it a couple of times with a few few things but it's just like I think I was a bit annoyed because I was like, I don't think that, I think with Sonic 116, as I said, I think that has more relevance because that's sort of more, um, it's about love and about what love is and what love isn't. And that's very mm-hmm. much, I guess, what this film's about, right? I, I mean, I guess that's the central thing to this film is, is their vampire, vampire love. Yeah, but then, I, but then I found myself going down, is this an environmental film? Like, because they're talking about, in, in one way that, they're talking about the longevity of things like one point the uh tom hiddleston's dressing gown comes up and she says oh, you know your dressing gown's over 100 years old and that was by, by the way this was my favorite scene in the film and tom hiddleston looks down his yeah. sleeve and he goes is it <laughs> i just loved his face in it uh, for some reason but so i found it to be about um the longevity of things how things are sort of disposable these days with because they they mentioned youtube a couple of times as well mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it was maybe so it was, it was so so many things that i thought this film was about and i couldn't really narrow it down to what if i had to narrow it down to one i'd say it's a love film but there was so much other stuff going on in there that i just kept going down these rabbit holes and i couldn't make my mind up which one was more relevant so in the end i just went ah whatever i just sort of got got tired of researching it but it was a very interesting film uh, it was a very, very interesting film. And I did, en- I enjoyed watching this more than I enjoyed watching We Need to Talk About Kevin. Well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed, get what you mean. I like enjoyed, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were from two different times as well, Eve, yeah. uh, Adam and Eve. So she was like from a, a Celtic, well, she's from a Celtic tribe. She's like uh, 2,000 years old. And then. Uh, Adam's character was like 500 years old, so quite a, a vast age difference. Not looking, not saying that they look completely different. They look like in the same age bracket, but she's been around for a long time and quite a wide knowledge of poetry and yeah. art. And, and like even she, she would touch things, like she touched the guitar, for example, and she would know exactly what era it was from. Mm. And yeah. how you said about the robe as well, I, and her, her sister, and her sister as well. We haven't spoken about her, her little shit oh, sister. Yeah. I think with the whole death of the culture thing, it's when her character came into it that I sort of had that uh, realization or that thought. It's because when she came, 
obviously Tom Hiddleston was dreading her coming. I'll oh, fucking not your sister. Mm. And he calls yeah. all human zombies. He calls them human zombies and LA is zombie town and he hates it. But when she comes into the film, she's like this little hurricane of just fucking grief, isn't she? She, she wants to listen to his music. He's not ready. Uh, she helps herself to their blood supply and drinks all their good shit. Oh, blood ice lollies, yeah. by the way. I've never seen that before. That was brilliant. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she seems to have no respect for anyone, really. And specifically for culture. She... I think she damaged some of these classic guitars, like these collector's pieces. Um, they all went out for a drink and she drank Ian. She drank Ian. Yeah. Um, and Ian was, uh, was Adam's mate and he was, he was upset about that. So she just seemed to have little regard for it. And because she was sort of played as the little sister, I looked at that as today's youth culture. So that was the, like the YouTube generation who yeah. just got, who just don't give a fuck about, you know, old shit and they just want this new thing and they want it immediately they don't want to wait for it yeah. and then they come in they'll consume it and then they'll fuck off and that's how i saw it anyway might be wrong um yeah i mean i, I really liked the the reference of the the quantum entanglement that they spoke about with the separating of the, the particle and stuff and how they they sort of mirror each other no matter how much you separate and i thought that was all interesting that sort of fed into the the love story element of it didn't it quite nicely Mm-hmm. Um, we we mentioned that Ava Ava drank Ian, and that sort of um, that sort of leads to the climax of the film, doesn't it? And, and the reason they have to leave Detroit because uh, Ian got drank, and they threw him in threw him in the river. And that was that was one of the things that I was going to ask, see if, what your thoughts on it were, because when they threw his body in the river, his, his body dissolved, and that's why I kind of thought, is there an environmental message in this as well? I don't really know what why that happened. I was oh, his body dissolved. Well, I just saw it as because I wasn't sure. I think I might have just missed it. I was like, oh, maybe they throw him in like this toxic water that has just like he's disintegrated. But yeah. now that you say it's the actual like river or ocean, yeah, yeah, I guess you could see it in that way. I don't know. And then there was the whole thing with the mushrooms that were growing when they weren't supposed to be growing. Oh, yeah. There was, that's what I mean, there was so much of that stuff and I just, to understand this film, I think I've got to just watch it over and over again and do a lot of research. I don't know. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the, that is the, maybe that is the point of the film. Maybe the point is, look, we've got all this shit. Respect it. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, it was bloody tiring doing this, doing writing the notes for this film. <laughs> mate. It took me about three hours to watch a two-hour film. Fuck. I liked it though. I thought it was pretty good. It was good, yeah. I'm glad we chose it. What would I give this film? I'd probably give it a seven out of ten. Yeah. Not it's yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I've got written down, mate. I mean there's there's Perfect. enough in there there's enough in there that uh is enjoyable and apparently it took it took about ten years to get made, apparently, this film like an eight year gestation wow. period. Uh, Tilda was always involved with with, with Jim Jarmusch. Uh, Tom Tom came on later, but I agree with you. I, I'll give this a seven. It's not. I, I might watch it again one day, but I'm not in a hurry to. Uh, no, it actually, it might be quite nice to just watch it and not be taking notes and stuff. No, and just not completely it. analyzing it. Yeah, <laughs> why has he got yellow shoelaces? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we agree then. It's seven out of ten. Yeah. 
Um, might be the greatest ever wigs ever put on film. Um, so the wigs in this film were made out of um, human hair, but also yak and goat hair oh, because um, Jim, Jim, the director, he wanted, you know, because they're vampires and he wanted to show the feralness of these two characters. Yeah. And I think also they mentioned about, you know, the shine that was in their hair as well. Like a natural, like natural shine. Natural conditioner. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty impressive wigs, weren't they? Yeah. Tom Hiddleston's especially, I thought it was just magnificent. If I had access to a wig like that, I'd never take it off. I'd probably take it off now because I feel like I, my body is melting. <laughs> but yeah. Got any other facts? That's it. That's it for me. All right. I have one very minor um, fact stroke link. So the director, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Jarmusch, we mentioned earlier um, that there's a Jack White reference. Uh, they go and see Jack White's house where he was raised and he's from Detroit. It turns out that Jim Jarmusch had actually directed a music video for the Raconteurs in 2006. Steady as she goes, steady as she goes. You know that one. <laughs> Come on, let's have a sing yep. song. Yeah. Um, yeah, he directed a, a, one of their music videos. Uh, so, you know, interesting Jack, Jack White reference there. And clearly that's why he went to get in a, a, a Jack White thing in this because he, he probably mates with him or at least there's a mutual artistic respect between the two gentlemen. Who knows? That's all of my stuff on Only Lovers Left Alive. And on Tilda. And on Tilda. We talked about Tilda. We talked about her. We threatened to, and we did. Yeah. We, we did it. So sh- shall we move on to picking our films then for the next episode? Next week's topic. Yes. Sweet. And it's uh, my topic. And because, um, you know, Movie Drone, I gave them uh, the question for short, best, their top five short films, I thought we should do short film double bill. Why not? How are we going to do this? (laughs) It's a whole different scenario. I've got two that I definitely want to lock in, but otherwise I've got another potential nine to choose from. So Jesus. that's the beauty of them. They're short and you can just bang them in quickly. These are my picks. So I'm going to choose four. So number one is Third Kind. Number two is Acid. Number three is Skin. And my last pick is Rebooted. Rebooted. Yes. All right. So you've picked four. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about my picks, mate, <laughs> but I fucking love That's them. Right. So I'm going, I'm going with it. That's part of the, part of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Are these all fucking horrors? No. Okay. Uh, I don't, none of them are. I had a horror on yeah, my yeah. list, but I'm, it's not going to be on my final list, if that makes sense. Okay. Not saying that I've got nothing against horror. No, me neither. I know you don't. I might, you know, so Shudder. What does that mean? I, got a, <laughs> I know you don't. Shudder. <laughs> I know you don't. Um, mm. Mm, um, I, got a, I got a free month extra. Because oh, I was like, oh, I better, I better cancel this. And then they're like, do you want to get another free month? I was like, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> How dare you offer me? So I might watch that eighties doco, that four hour eighties doco. It looks it looks half decent. I said, I, I enjoyed it, mate. I mean, it's a it's a long old it's a long old thing. It took me a couple of goes to to get through it, but uh, I yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll watch it in one sitting. No, nah, I wouldn't advise it. Uh, no, I think I've narrowed my my choices down to four now, mate. Hey. Should, we, should I go for four? It's been it's been a, a few hours. I know. I might just leave all of that in. Might, <laughs> might be the most entertaining oh, part banter. of the show. Oh, banter. <laughs> yeah, bants, bants, bants. Banter. Right. I am fascinated to see how you're going to take mm-hmm. my picks, mate. So my first pick is Batman, Dead End. My second pick, Batman versus Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Batman v Terminator. Brilliant. Pick number three. And this is the one where I'm combining two. Okay. So I'm going to okay. give you both these titles, but I'm treating it as one because one is a sequel to the other. Mm-hmm. It's Marvel's Zombies versus Army of Darkness. <laughs> God, this is very, uh, this is not what I thought you were choosing. Isn't it? Darkness. I thought you were. No. Nah. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got no, my reasons. it's good. It's I've, good. I've, I've got my reasons for it. I'll tell you afterwards. But uh, yeah. And the, the sequel to that is Ash versus Lobo. Okay. So that's included in one, right? In, in one. Yeah. That's my third pick yeah. is those two. Uh, my last pick is The Death and Return of Superman. I've written up all my notes for this episode last night. And as I do every, every, every night before we record, I stay up to the early hours doing notes and stuff. And I sat down and thought I'd watch a few shorts. I was texting you at the time. So I'm going to sit down and watch a few shorts now. I suddenly had, I suddenly remembered that about four years ago in 2016, when I was running my blog, I had a, um, I'd written a blog about fan-made superhero movies and most of them were shorts. So I spent, when I was writing that article, I spent three weeks watching so many short films and I watched some trash, but I watched some really good ones as well. And I thought, you know what? I've already done the research here why don't I just go through my list and I, I chose the, the better ones or like the ones that I enjoyed the most out of, out of that list. That was my reasoning go. for going down the superhero route, mate, because I've seen them before. I like them and I, I needed to make my life a little bit easy for once. Well, my choices could not be any different to your ones. I know. That's um, the beauty of it. I, because when I mentioned this topic to you, you were like, oh, short films, how are we going to review this? Mm. Like, it's going to be a bit difficult. So I kind of, to make it a little bit more easier for you in a way, I chose uh, short films that were either were in Cannes. So my, yeah, so I've got a short film from Cannes, short film from Sundance, uh, one that won Best Short in, at the Oscars. Then I chose the animated short film that is based on the film industry. Yeah. So they're my. That's how I chose my films this week. Well, none of mine are, are, will be appearing in Cannes, mate, or or any <laughs> film festivals. Are they, are they easy to fa- to search though? They're all. They're, yeah, they're all on. They're all on YouTube. No worries. Okay. Cool. Um, Perfect. One thing. I, one thing I'll say is they're all. All of mine, with the exception of one, they're all live action. Batman vs. Terminator is a stop motion. It's only five minutes long, Ooh. but it's a stop motion. Oh, okay. Have you got your synopsis? Are you, have you, are you ready to synopsize me? Or have you got your... Yes. 
Oh, brilliant, because I'm not ready, so I'll scramble around while you're reading. <laughs> cool. So, third kind, it's sci-fi, directed by... I'm going to I'm gonna be brutal when I say this. So, Yorgos Zoyis. It's a 32-minute sh- uh, short. Yeah. And the synopsis is, Earth has been abandoned long ago, and the human race has now found refuge in outer space. Three archaeologists return to the planet to investigate where a mysterious five-tone signal is coming from. Uh, Acid. So this was from some, this came out at Sundance. Uh, It's a horror. Yep. Uh, It goes for 18 minutes. Yep. And the synopsis is... A young family desperately seeks shelter from an approaching storm, but this is not no ordinary storm. It burns. It burns? Yep. Burny storm. Yeah. I like it. Uh, skin. This is. I think Steve chose this film, and I haven't seen it yet, so it's, it's intrigued me. Okay. Uh, directed by... Guy Nativ, it was done in 2018. It goes for 20 minutes. Synopsis is, in a small supermarket in a blue-collar town, a black man smiles at a 10-year-old white boy across the checkout aisle. This innocent moment sends two gangs in, uh, into a ruthless war that ends with a shocking backlash. Okay. And my last one is Rebooted. This is the animation. So it is not, so synopsis is, it is not easy for a movie star to, to age, especially when you're a stop-motion animated skeleton monster. Phil, once a terrifying villain on a silver screen, struggles to find work in a modern Hollywood due to being out-of-date special effect. Okay. And how long was this one? I'd say about 15 it's not too long. Yeah. So they're my shorts that I've chosen. Right. So my first pick was Batman Dead End. And uh, mm-hmm. spoilers, it's got Batman in it. So oh, this is... <laughs> so Batman Dead End, it's, it's, a, it's a fan film. Uh, it's written and directed by Sandy Collera. Uh, it premiered July 19th, 2003 at the San Diego Comic Con. Of course it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the film crosses over the DC Comics heroes Batman with Alien and Predator. And how long is this? This is eight minutes long, this one. So it's a shorty. It is a shorty. It's a shorty yeah. short. Short, short. Short, short. Not board shorts, not jean shorts. <laughs> so my next pick was Batman versus the Terminator. And uh, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you want to... Guess what that's about? Is Batman and Terminator featured in this? Yeah, a little bit, a little oh. bit. This is yeah. only six minutes long, uh, and it's tw- okay. it came out in 2016, and it was directed by Captain McKay, who I think is a bit of a YouTuber. As I say, it's Batman versus Terminator, but what I really like about this is that it's done in stop motion. It kind of fuses a lot of... Um, different elements of different era Batmans and it uses the 
it kind of nicks the original Brad Fidel score from the original Terminator as well. Uh, but it's done really well. It's stop motion and it's not the sort of thing that I, I tend to watch an awful lot of, that sort of thing. Um, but I really like it. So my next pick is Marvel's Zombies versus Army of Darkness. There's a lot of verses going on in my in my picks, I must admit. Um, <laughs> this is eight minutes, but this is the one where I'm I'm counting two as one. So you've got Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, and then you've got Ash versus Lobo. So what what it is in the first first of these films, uh, I'm not I don't want to spoil too much about this, but basically, if you know anything about Marvel Zombies, the Marvel characters, some of them become zombies. Maybe there's a certain character who has a certain popular character we may have mentioned earlier on in the show who mm-hmm. has like a healing factor so whenever he gets shot or injured he immediately heals imagine if there's a zombie that can immediately heal <laughs> and that that film very much answers this that question there's something that i've always wondered wondered to myself sort of thing that keeps me up at night but yeah so it's, it's exactly what it says marvel zombies versus army of darkness so there's a, a dude in this playing a version of ash from evil dead and i have to say okay. he was Brilliant. I mean, the character's uh, iconic character, but he does it really well. And it features some really, like, mainstream, prolific Marvel characters as well. And the sequel goes into the, goes from the Marvel Universe and it goes into the DC Universe. Uh, it's a very interesting, super fanboy, fan-made film. The first one is eight minutes long. The second one is 20 minutes long. So if we call it 28 minutes for, for the two. So my last one was The Death and Return of Superman. This came out in 2011, and it's a 17-minute short. Um, Written and directed by Max Landis, and it's about the the comic book story arc in 92, quite a big deal, The Death of Superman. And it sort of explains what happens in that comic and points out plot holes. It's a bit of fun talking about that particular comic run. Elijah Wood is in this and he plays a, like a comedic version of uh, Cyborg Superman and he's got a, a hilarious costume. Um, I've got a picture of him somewhere. Do you know what? I might post it later on on Instagram. But yeah, cool. it's, it's, it was quite a, an entertaining. I've only seen it once, but it was, I, found it, I think it made me laugh out loud, loud a few times. So there are my picks. Um, you've got four. I've got technically five, but we'll call it four. How yeah. are we going to do this? I kind of want to see all of yours, to be honest. Let's just review all of our films for next week. Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we? Why not? Let's Fuck do it. that. Let's just watch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to stick to format, do we? We do what we want. That's the beauty, oh. of, that's the beauty of having your own podcast, mate. We've got no men in suits to report to, no forms to fill in. <laughs> uh, so, can we please do this thing? Yes, let's go through 17 layers of management. And I'm sorry, I'm moaning about bureaucracy now. <laughs> did you have any honourable mentions? Uh, yes. <laughs> well done. I did. Have you got some? Yeah, I do. Ooh, what you got? So, um, honourable mentions. Uh, Falling Leaves, which is a drama. Yeah. Um, a brother guides his younger sister through it in the inner workings of the family business which is um, embal- embalming dead bodies. Oh, so lovely. when someone passes, yeah, it's quite good. I might, uh, you know, I, I might send you the links to these ones if you want to check them out anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is a bit funny. Uh, Marcy, Marcy Learns Something New, comedy. 
Yeah. Marcy is a widow and she learns, she's learning about BDSM. Oh, why didn't you put that on the list? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for the next one, mate. Marcy. Wait for the next one. Hang on, just find it down, Marcy. Go on, what's the next one? Pick my interest, mate. Ah, it's called Stuck. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't possibly make a connection between those two things. Comedy. A recently <laughs> broken up couple. Uh, they end up in an emergency room due to a sex toy mishap. <laughs> Sign me up. Anyway, <laughs> I'll send you that link. Yeah, send us that um, link. Encrypted file. An uncon- <laughs> Un- <laughs> the Unconditional was the my last one, which is a documentary. It's about a family who have uh, two kids uh, and they have an I undiagnosed disability so the kid the kids look like they've got cp but you know i'm i'm not a doctor so um but yeah you get to see um this i think it goes for 20 minutes maybe longer it's a lovely it's lovely but heartbreaking uh short doco so they they might yeah so they were my honorable mentions okay thank you very much um again all, i would say all of mine were it's, it's genre stuff uh there's no no dramas here my friend it's all space <laughs> aliens and and superheroes i'm afraid uh but that's yeah. my that's my that's what i wanted to pick so fucking that's what i'm gonna yeah. do um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <I'm waiting. laughs> Um, so the first the first one was um, a short that I watched a few years ago called Don't Look Away, and that's a horror. And it's quite a, a good little horror. It's about a, a girl who's on the phone to her, her old man, and she looks out the window, and a dude appears, and he's got a bag on his head and a chain around him. And her dad says, don't look away, you can't look away. And every time she looks away, the thing gets a little bit, the, the bloke gets a little bit closer. And it's a really, it's a, it's a well-made, just nice, easy watch, little kind of horror film. Um the Laughing Man, which is a 2016 film, uh, which is sort of a rip-off of Joker and Harley Quinn, really. Punisher, Dirty Laundry was on there, which is a short film with Thomas Jane returning as, as Punisher. Deadpool, A Typical Tuesday. Oh, what else was on there? Spider-Man Eclipse. And there's one, I, there's one I don't know. I think I found it and I wanted to watch it, but I didn't get time. But Demon in the Dark, Batman versus The Secret Six which sounded quite interesting to me. Lynn Ramsey had done a short called Bridget, which I haven't had a chance to watch, but apparently that Ooh. is about a photographer, I think, by the looks of it. So you might be interested in that one, mate. Bridget, yeah. Bridget Writing Bridget that down right now. Our, our good old podcast pal, Lynn Ramsey, our favourite. She seems to be our yeah. favourite at the moment, doesn't she? Uh, but I, I saw that and I thought you might be interested in that one, but there's no way that I was going to pick cool. it. Um, Perfect. Anything by David F. Sandberg, really, who's who's known for his horror stuff. He directed Shazam recently. He did an Annabelle sequel, but uh, before that, he did a film called Lights Out, which was based on a short film. So for years, I think he was in Sweden. Him and his um, 
him and his partner we were making short films short horror films and he would just make everything himself so he made a dolly from like plumbing material plumbing pipes and all that sort of oh, stuff right super fascinating guy seems like a lovely dude i went to a screening of um of shazam last year and they had an interview with the director david f sandberg and he just seems like a super nice dude just sort of like proper grounded and and stuff and some of his shorts are quite good as well he's got a few which are worth watching i would say i won't name any of them lights out probably is the go-to one but there are other i think more interesting ones that he's done david f sandberg si si grazie grazie um there's been a couple of alien short films recently i saw one of them and it was quite good um i was considering those but didn't and my last one is kind of my go-to short really it's by christopher nolan it's called doodlebug and i haven't seen it for a while but it's kind of the one that i think of if someone mentions shorts to me because it's christopher nolan and it's, it's where it all began for him so that's that's a nice little watch mate um but kind of a bit obvious and i, I wanted to go for i want to go for my superheroes like I said. Yeah. Well, that's my honourable awesome. mentions, mate. We've got quite a few there, haven't we? We do. I reckon, you know how I'm doing the 300 films this year? I should do like a thousand shorts next year or something. I think you should definitely do a thousand, thousand shorts, yeah. Because like 300 shorts, you could smash that out easily. You'd probably do it in a day. Yeah. Well, not a day. An amount of time, which is significantly more than one day but significantly less than one year mm-hmm. time that's how time works mate you know, there are pockets of time there you go quantum entanglement I don't know what are we talk about what am I talking about <laughs> fuck knows so we've done shorts so we didn't shorts. do any recaps we didn't do any knocking out we completely changed it up this week uh, but I suppose we should just do a final recap on what we're actually choosing right yeah my shorts for next week, uh, the third kind, acid, skin, and rebooted. Awesome. My shorts are Batman Dead End, Batman versus Terminator, Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, and Ash versus Lobo, and the death and return of Superman. We're going to be watching all of them next week. So you've got a new, new notepad. I'm going, to get my, I'm going to acquire a new quill, put on a candle. I'll wear like a gothic shirt. Sounds I good. Should have done that for the vampire episode, really. I've always I wanted should. a quill. I've always wanted a quill. Why haven't I ever owned a quill? It's very odd that I've never adding, owned a quill. Adding that to your wish list. Wish list. <laughs> get one for a pound. <laughs> Oh dear! I did. I tell you what, I did used to do. I used to some. You know, you find feathers in the outside. I used to sometimes take the feathers back and try and dip that in like some paint and pretend to write with it when I was a baby. Oh, yeah. Well, baby, probably not baby. <laughs> a toddler, young whatever. boy, a young Kevin. Young Kevin, all right, steady on, mate. Yes. <laughs> I've got, actually got uh, calligraphy pens. I used to do it back in the day yeah. when I was like twelve, thirteen. I did mm. calligraphy for a bit. Right, so shall before we... the before the batteries run out on my headphones, um, yeah. shall we shall we move on to the final section uh, where you oh. it's stitch up, it's stitch up, uh, and we've got to talk about who got stitched Brain up, dead. what they had to watch, and it was you, yeah. Brain mm. did. So I, was... I was enjoying having this time off, not reviewing a third film. 
Yeah, I bet you were. Do you remember what it's like to have to watch a film that you don't want to watch? I mean, I, look, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. You might have really liked it, but I chose yeah. it because I thought it was something that you may not enjoy. Uh, I got this film out of the way. So Brain Dead or Dead Alive as another title, directed by Peter Jackson, 1992. Tagline is, some things won't stay down even after they die. Synopsis is when a Sumatran rat monkey bites <laughs> Lionel Colescroat's mother, she transfers, transforms into a zombie and begins killing and transforming the entire town while Lionel races to keep things under control. <sighs> this film, okay. <laughs> Uh, so it starts off with um, they're in Sumatra, Indonesia, and there's a Kiwi guy and a local, and they find this rare rat monkey, as said in the synopsis. Anyway, and then it goes back. So this Sumatran rat monkey arrives in Wellington, New Zealand. I was going to ask where, did, where this was set. Wellington, awesome. Yeah. Lionel. Uh, Richie. He, Lionel Richie will say Hello. that. <laughs> Stop singing, you. Um, <laughs> his his mother is like always on him and like yeah, just clings to him, controlling, isn't she? Like well, a overbearing, very controlling. Mother. That's that's the word. Thank you, Jan. Uh, You're welcome. His mum is <laughs> very polite. This episode, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, his mum is very controlling and uh, Lionel goes to the local grocery shop where he meets Maria. Yeah. And Maria beforehand uh, talks to her nonna and is doing some card reading, tarot reading. Yeah. And one of the things that comes up is that she's only going to have one proper romantic love and she will find this love with a, a sign of a star. And then somehow, while he's shopping in the sh- uh, at her store, a star appears, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's my one true love!" And she comes yeah. fascinated by him. That classic love story, tarot reading, yeah. predicts star. <laughs> uh, what you get is zombie. Clearly, no, no, no. how I haven't met my man yet because <laughs> I need to do a tarot reading. You do. You just need to get <laughs> a zombie rat monkey. Well, you need to do that as well, <laughs> don't you? And a kung fu priest. If you have all of those elements perfectly aligned, then you'll probably meet the love of your life. I'll be I'll be set for life. Yeah, or you'll get eaten um, by raging zombie monsters. They decide to go on a date, so they go on a date at the zoo, and uh, and Lionel's mum spies on him, and she's not quite impressed with Maria. Anyway, as she's spying on him, the Sumatran uh, monkey somehow bites her. Yeah. And all goes to shit after that. <laughs> she turns into this zombie. Anyway, Kung Fu Priest comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, I can sort these 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 zombies out. And he's like, fucking, it is the funniest, one of <laughs> the funniest scenes. Please tell me he's kicking he's off heads. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, and just like <laughs> doing random fucking Kung Fu to all of these people. And then he gets bitten and then he becomes a zombie. Um, And another funny scene with a Kung Fu priest is him. Oh, is it funny? It's a bit, bit, maybe it's a bit bit much. Uh, I think this whole film is tongue in cheek though, isn't it? (laughs) None of this film is serious, is it? It's just fucking craziness. 
it's just absolute crazy. fucking yeah. carnage. It's a long, long time since I've seen it. I must be honest, but I think I saw it once or twice when I was a kid. I remember my dad quite enjoying it. I think my dad found it fucking hilarious, and uh, he made me watch it, and uh, we had a bit of a laugh about it. But I don't. I've never really had any desire to revisit it. No. Not if you want to keep your lunch down. Oh, oh. Well, speaking of lunch, I was eating my lunch. I I was like, because it was midday. I was like, oh yeah, I'll have a have a little snack while I'm watching this film. Did you go for and a I, tomato soup? Did you or no? I had some some tuna on some rice crackers. All right, very middle class. Some avocado. If you, if you avocado if you as well. Oh, <laughs> and pesto. If we're pesto. going all the way. Fucking hell, mate! You've changed. You've changed. You used to be so grounded. You just eat, used to eat cocoa pops with me at work, and now you're eating fucking avocado. I did it. I know. <laughs> I was the only one that ate the cocoa pops. So, eating my lunch, and then this scene comes on when um, Lionel puts a lunch on for his mum, who's like just started to become this zombie, and these two two locals, I guess you will say. They're like, oh, you know, is there anything for dessert? Custard. Okay. Oh, I had to put my food down watching this this scene. I was just like, this is so fucking disgusting. Yeah. So some pus comes out of his <laughs> mum's neck. I love it. And lands into uh, one of the visitors' soup. Uh, I custard. remember this now. And, and he, do- he just didn't know absolutely anything and he's just fucking ch- ch- like chugging this bloody custard down and i was like oh god no and i was just like yep i'm gonna wait till this scene is fucking end before i finish my lunch and then and then her ear also falls in the custard as well lovely i was just like Whoop. <laughs> there goes that five star trust pilot rating yeah I found an ear in my custard. Uh, that's not what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> they have this, as I was saying, they're having this house party and then the, the whole house becomes zombies. And yeah. how he kills them all in the end is with a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty graphic, isn't it, for, at that point? From what I remember, isn't it just total fucking yeah. z- zombie kill carnage? <laughs> Bloody red blood everywhere. What am I giving this film? For Kung Fu Priest, I'll give it a star for that. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, the, yeah, the, the zombie baby was pretty funny. Brilliant. I'll give it a, I'll give it a half a star for that. I'll, pro- I'll give it, you know what, I'll give it two and a half stars. Wow, that's pretty brutal, mate. You're yeah. saying that you rate this the same as what I rated Extraterrestrial Visitors? Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch Extraterrestrial Visitors. I know. <laughs> Two and a half stars. Well, I'm happy with that because that's that's like pretty pretty poor rating, and uh, I think it sounds like I actually chose all right then. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you didn't do too bad. Yeah. So uh, finally, finally, you had to watch a stitch up. Um, yeah. And we got to find out now who's going to be watching the next one, and it was your turn mm. to hold this time. So what what would our what I were our choices it. this week, mate? What did we choose for each other? Uh, for me, uh, for you, I chose. Bride and Prejudice, oh, and yeah. you chose for me Argento's Dracula 3D. 
That's it. And um, when I put the poll on, so when with my poll, I don't say who do you want to vote for, Dan or or Nicole. I put which film wouldn't you want to watch. A few of my mates chose Dracula Free. I'm like, what are you doing? That's my film. And they're yeah. like, Pride and Prejudice isn't that bad though. I go, yeah, yeah but <laughs> don't don't be don't be putting points <laughs> on me. Okay. Um. Anyway, it was eleven. 11 votes total. As my mate said, Bright and Prejudice, not a bad film. So, Dan, you have to review that next week. Oh, brilliant. Well, I mean, do <laughs> like me some Jane Austen. So I'd, I'd, I've always got a Jane Austen novel on the go, mate. So uh, Bright and Prejudice, uh, this is Bollywood? Bollywood. It is Bollywood. This will be my first ever Bollywood film. Ever? Ever. Watching? Yeah. No. Yeah. Get and out. Uh, well, they tend to be musicals, don't they? They tend to have they music, tend to be. music and dance numbers in. And it's not my... I don't like music and dancing in my films, mate. They can leave it well alone. So I can't wait to get that in my eyeballs. <laughs> well, I'm hoping with the next the next choice, people will, will, will side with me. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it'll be, it's my turn to do, put on the poll. Do you, so. have, do you have an idea in mind or shall I choose? Oh, I, I know, I know what I'm, I'm going for, mate. Don't you worry. I'm not choosing a romantic or a musical this week. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I'm actually going horror for you. <sighs> I, <laughs> this could go horribly wrong, couldn't it? Last year, <laughs> for Chris Kringle, Someone got a film for the Chris Kringle. What's a Chris Kringle? Oh, sorry, Secret Santa. You guys right. call it Secret Santa. Yeah. Chris Kring- we call it Chris Kringle here. Okay. Um, so uh, Zoltan got a DVD, <laughs> and it's called Zoltan ha- Hound of Dracula. <laughs> and our, our mate, one of our mates reviewed it, and it's one star on his letterbox. So I want you to watch that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Another vampire film. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So Zoltan, Hound of Dracula for me on the poll for next week. For you, uh, Nick, you've sort of stuck with a theme here. Like a running theme seems to be vampires at the moment. Another running theme we've got going at the moment is cats. Oh, no. I've chosen a film for you called A Talking Cat. <laughs> And guess what that's about, mate? Cats talking? A cat what talks to humans. But uh, the, the cat can only talk once. Can only have one conversation with humans. And I've watched a trailer. I've watched, uh, I've watched a review. I've watched someone do a review about it. And, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. I, right. I had no idea. I'd never heard of this film. And someone sent me a link to this film on IMDb and I looked at the director's work and he's got so much stuff on there. I could just add the, his entire filmography and just call that your stitch up list for the next 10,000 years. <laughs> so I'm going for a talking cat. So we, that's it. Isn't it? We're done. My, my headphones are starting to run out of battery. They're starting to go no battery. So we better wrap it up. mate. We've done everything now anyway. So we might as well just, I did it again. It just went battery low. You can't hear that, but it going in my ear and it's very distracting. So 
we've done it. We've done Tilda Swinton. We watched two Tilda Swinton films. We picked our short films for next week, and we're going to be watching nine short films in total. So I'm not going to read them off now and recap what they are because we'll be here all day. <laughs> I'll yeah. just put it on the on the, on the on the caption. I lost the poll, and I've got to watch Bride and Prejudice, my first Bollywood film. So that'd be interesting, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Um, yeah. And on the poll, next week's poll, it's Zoltan, Hound of Dracula for me versus a talking cat for you. <laughs> I will put that poll on. And if you're listening to this on the Monday, then it'll be on tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, then chances are this poll is is, is out right now um, on my Instagram. So head over and check that out and vote for Nicole to watch a talking cat. No, don't and be like that. Cutting all your stuff out, mate. <laughs> Well, that's it, and we've done it all, mate. So let's uh, let's just what is there left to do? It's just to sign off. If you want to head over to my Instagram, check out that poll. I'm at flick dot face on Twitter. I'm flick underscore face. Email the show at twinpixpod at gmail dot com. Where you give us some ideas for themes, or give us ideas for themes in any of those places. If you want to hear a, mm-hmm. see a particular film listed, or you've got an idea for a theme, let us know. Or, um, or a stitch up film for Dan or, or a for stitch myself. Up film. Or a stitch up film just for Nicole. Uh, you can find me on Nika Creative or Chikanika on Instagram. Yeah, so if you made it this far, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week with our shorts episode. Get some Chuck Norris in you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Bye.